Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Calcio's Pantheon. As always, I'm your host, Danielle. And as always, I am joined by my podcast partner, Elliot. Um, it has been a while since we recorded an episode, but as we all know, the season is fastly approaching. So with that, we're going to be making our Serie A table predictions for the 2021 and 2022 seasons, along with predicting who we think is going to win the individual awards at the end of the season. Um, so without further ado, we're just going to get right into the nitty gritty and get things started. So first, we're going to start off with our table predictions. So in 20th, I have Salar Nitina. I'm sorry if I botched these names, people. Um, I just don't think they have enough defensively and offensively to like make a real push in this league. Um, just because they're going up against the likes of Milan, Inter, Napoli, even teams such as Sassiolo, who are very like um, renowned in Syria and who have continued their dominance in the league, where this team just doesn't have that momentum to continue. I mean, they may win things here and there, but down in the long run, they do not just have enough depth to be able to keep up with the likes of the major teams. Yeah. Um, I got the same. Um, I, I don't think this team is going to be like historically bad. This isn't going to be cave of Rona or, or Benevento um, the first time or whatever. I do think they don't have enough though, because to be, to not be relegated, you need someone to score. I would, I don't, I don't even think you need 15. You need someone to be able to score eight goals. You need to not put yourself in harm's way defensively. You need to have something in the midfield. And it just – it's been a long time um, since they've been back. I don't even remember the last time they were back. Um, and it's an amazing story. They went through several promotions to get to this point. Um, the, the people in the city are probably extremely happy that they get to experience this. But I just don't think this is a long-term um, uh, situation because if you don't have the, the ingredients to, to pull this off, it's – you know. It just becomes difficult. And remember, last year, Cortona got relegated, and Simi had over 20 goals. So even with a 20-goal score, it's, it's even hard to be uh, to, to stay alive. And but, but especially considering the team that they have right now, um, I, I just don't think they have enough. Uh, so see you later. Yeah, in 19th position, for pretty much similar reasons, um, just they don't ha when don't have the key pieces there to make a real push is Venezia. So that's why another team that has just gotten promoted. There's really not a lot to their team at this point. And yeah, it's a great story, them getting promoted and everything. But in the long run, they're not going to have what it takes to keep, stay in the league. What they do have is the best jerseys in the league, so at least they have that going for them. I know, um, right? This is where I make a controversial one here. Um, I actually have Spezia, and just hear me out here. So Spezia did a really good job last year, um, eventually kind of surviving themselves That at different points in the season. They looked really strong, really good. They beat Napoli twice. They had all these sorts of things kind of going for them, um, but largely – kind of was part of that was because of the two loanies, the one that, that you got, you guys loaned to, um, to them. And then the one Milan loaned to them, neither of those two players are on the team anymore. 
So you lo- you lose that creativity in the midfield, and then you, you then you lose your coach, who was a big part of of why they did so well, who went over and is now with Florence. So without those components, I'm not sure they have enough. They have Enzola. He's going to score 10, 15 goals. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um, so they have one of the ingredients, but I don't think defensively or goal, goalkeeping wise, just just top to bottom, I just don't see them having enough. I think they could survive, but because of because you're losing two of your best players and your coach, I think it's just too much to overcome. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, in 18th, I actually put Spezia in that position. Um, pretty much, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. They did great for a spell last season, but eventually they only they got survived by the hair on their chins. And like you said, it was pretty much because of the low knees that were given to them. And without those, they're just it's not going to happen like it, they it did last season. So with that, I have them in 18th. Uh, okay. Um, so okay, then it's my turn, right? Um, yeah. I got Venancia in 18th. Um, I actually do think there's a there's a good chance they survive. Uh, they have they they spent well. I thought they did well in the market. Um, there's definitely there's definitely you could see why they would survive. Um, but again, I I just the problem with me with them is if I, if I have them if I don't have them relegated, I have to look at some of the other teams in that area. And quite frankly, it's it's hard to come up with an argument for them finishing ahead. But if, you know, if, among sort of those teams, I think that uh, Venencia does have a chance, but I, they just lack certain things. But I know very little about them. So they might have, a, you know, one of their midfielders might be amazing. I don't watch Serie B that much. Um, so I don't totally know. Their squad looks better than the other two teams we just listed. But I just, I just think they're, they just don't have enough to, to pull it off, unfortunately. But I, I kind of hope they survive just because of those jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie, though. I'm act- they're actually one of my fa- – they're my favorite Serie B team. So I might have to start getting some of their merch at some point. But anyway, back to the point. Um, in 17th, I have Empoli. Um, this is a team – that has enough of key pieces to keep them in the league. But in my opinion, they may struggle here and there, especially against some of the bigger teams. But they are. this is a team that, unlike Venezia and Sally and Artina, who haven't been in Syria for who knows how long, this team is a team that has occasionally fluctuated between Syria and Serie B. So they do know what is needed to compete against some of these other teams. But... Like as I stated, this one is going to be close because while they have a decent team that could make a push, it could be hit or miss comic some down the stretch, and also against some of the bigger clubs going forward. Yeah, I have the same, um, but I do think there's a, there's a reasonable chance that they could push further. I think this is the the floor um, potentially. I guess they could be relegated, but I just I think they're way more talented than the other uh, two teams um, that were promoted. Um, they have young talent. They have they have some of the ingredients that you would you would see in a, a team that would survive. Um, you're looking at the goalkeeper. 
I think they had one of the high clean sheet guys in the league last season. They had a top goal scorer who I think one of the top goal scorers who has like 30 or 40 goals in Serie B. The question for me for them really is whether his goals are going to be able to translate into Serie A. But they have a guy who they can rely on goal scoring where you can't really see that, you know, kind of with the other two teams kind of hitting it off the mark. Um, but and they got some nice pieces in the midfield, some young talent. Um, so I, I just like to think they could do it. But again, the, and they're more experienced in this league. Um, they're, they're what I would call a yo-yo club. They go up and down all the time. But they have been managed to, to stay around in the past. Um, so, you know. I think I think they'll survive, but I don't think they'll be comfortable at any point this season. They're going to be have have a knife underneath their throat every game, but I think in the end, um, you know, they won't they won't be able to uh, they won't um, get cut. So I think they'll survive, but it'll be very close. Okay, based on this one, Bellotti is still with uh, Torino, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes, I don't know if he will be. Uh, when we're recording this, nothing has happened with Vladi. It doesn't. If, if, you, if you're asking me, I would guess that he'll still be there. Um, but you can make your adjustments after. If someone gets sold or somebody signs somebody, you can make your adjustments as as it goes on before the start of the season. Um, but it doesn't. It, it does not seem Roma was going to be the destination, but they just signed uh, the guy from Genoa, so I don't think they're no longer interested in him. So. I would guess he's still there. Okay. Um, with that, um, in 16th, I have Torino. Torino last season struggled immensely. They were flirting with the relegation zone for quite uh, some time throughout this season. And if Torino hasn't signed any real, like, decent pieces to, like, um, back up Lottie, I think it could be – be a similar story to what we saw last season with them. Well, they'll survive, but it will be just because of Bellotti's brilliance. And so I, with that, I have them in 16th place because you never know if there's not enough, say a Bellotti gets injured and down the stretch. Would you, would you flip Empoli and Torino if, if Bellotti gets sold? I'm just curious. If Tor- if Bellotti gets sold at some point, then I would probably switch Empoli and Torino around. But in but for the time being, since nothing has been said yet, I will have them in 16th. But if things happen throughout the next few weeks before the transfer window closes, I'll make adjustments as needed. Right. We need to stop agreeing so much. I got them in 16th as well. Uh, I but, didn't even uh, memorize. But the, th- the <laughs> thing is, the thing is here, I actually disagree with a certain extent. I I have them in 16th with or without Bellotti because I think Bellotti had a – you can look at his numbers and say he was great last season, but I actually don't agree with that. I, I think by, by standards that we expect from a player of his caliber, considering how he's talked about, he had a really bad season. Um, and yet he had uh, 14 or 12 – I forgot 12 or 14 goals between that uh, margin. Um, and for a, uh, for a player of his supposed caliber, he never should have allowed his team to be in a relegation battle. And the thing is the rest of their team is not that bad. 
They have Ronaldo uh, Mandraga, who's a baller for Udinese for many years. They have um, they have a lot of good young talent. They had Sirigu until recently. He now went to Genoa, but I don't think that changes anything. And then you have some of these other good players. Are they a great team? No. Are they are they terrible? No. But if Bilotti is as good as people say he is, he should have scored more goals. So I think with or without him, they stay here. And the reason they stay here with or without him because of the coach. I don't know what this guy was smoking before he took this job because it makes no sense. Uh, Ivan Juric, who was the mastermind behind Verona doing so well the last couple of years, going from that to Torino, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But his idiotic decision is going to go into Torino's favor because he's too good of a coach to get a team like this relegated. I don't think they have a high ceiling. They're probably the best they could probably do is maybe 15th, um, 15th, 14th, 13th in that range. I don't think this is a team that's going to surprise anyone. I just don't, I think they have some good players. I just don't think they're that very good, but, but with the coach there, I think that that's, that's the sole reason I have them, um, you know, uh, staying up. But again, this is not going to be a comfortable season for them either. The kind of same with Empoli. These teams, I don't think go down, but they're going to be uncomfortable all season. And fifth, wait. Yeah, 15th. Okay. Making sure where my position was. In 15th, I've been waiting a while to say this again, but Process Lunch Meet FC, otherwise known as Bologna. This team pretty much fluctuates within this range of the table over the last few seasons. So basically figured on past history and everything, it's pretty much conclusive that they'll finish anywhere between 15th and maybe 13th. So that's why I have them in 15th. Okay. um, Just out of curiosity, three spots lower than last season. Is there any particular reason or you just have a feeling they're going to kind of falter in a different way this season? I think they may falter at some point. Um, because last season, I mean, it's how did you know it was three spots lower where I had them last season? Because I, I, I have the, uh, I have your old, um, um, sorry, I have the, 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 the paper from, from before. Um, okay, that makes sense. Also, they, the reason I remember that though is because you got, you got the placing of Bologna exactly right last season because last year they finished 12th. So, so basically, I, I, I'm just curious. I was just curious if there was a reason why you think they're going to be three spots lower than last season. That's all. If there's not, if, if there's not some uh, tactical, uh, intelligent reason, who, I mean, it, this is all hypothetical. We could all be totally, you know, inherently wrong, but I was just curious. That's all. Yeah, it's just pretty. It's just like a gut feeling that I have that they're not going to do as well as last season. Uh, all right. Uh, so it's my turn then, right? Uh, we're at 15, right? Yes. Um, this is going to ruffle some feathers. I'm sorry. Um, but this is should tell you how much I rate Di Francesco. I have Verona in 15. Because oh. you, have, you have to uh, – and if, if you would disagree, I mean, push back. But, but let me explain myself here. So you look at this, this whole um, organization, right? Di Francesco uh, does the Barcelona thing with Roma. That Roma team – should have been a lot better than they were. He underachieved with that team. Um, the, the, the Champions League stuff, he was amazing. But outside of that, especially during that second season, kind of, you know, faltered as well. Um, 
But that, but then he went to Sampdoria, who has a very talented team. We we saw what Ranieri did with the, these boys the last couple of years. Uh, you know, so that's a very um, a talented uh, type team that you can deal with. And he couldn't um, he couldn't do with that with that good team. He lost his first four games. Sampdoria looked like they were going to be relegated until he was sacked. Then he went to Calgary last season, a team that did not win for two months um, and was and took a really talented team and made them look like crap. So even though Verone is talented with him in charge, I just don't trust. Him. <laughs> so let's see. 14th, I have Udinese. Um, like I said, I may have had him in a higher position last season, but with some of these uh, teams that may have done well last season, I just feel like they're going to somehow take the foot off the gas and not perform to what we saw last season. Um, especially, I do believe if it was Rodrigo DePaul. Yeah, he's who, with Atletico Madrid now. He's with Atletico Madrid, and Rodrigo DePaul was he pretty much in part one of the one of the reasons why Udinese did fairly well last season, even though he had some hit or miss performances throughout. But, I mean, that's normal with pretty much any player out there. So, with the loss of Rodrigo DePaul, I think they will struggle just a little bit this season. But, they'll do, obviously, this team is a team that will have no issues staying up. All right. Okay. I totally disagree with that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, um, break that down until I have you and I'll explain why everything. Uh, Bologna, I have Bologna in 14th. Um, I think Mihailovic is a warrior. I mean, it's great that he survived leukemia, but I'm sorry, just because someone went through something doesn't make them a great coach. He's the most overrated coach in the league. He has he's had so many good players on his teams, and I just don't think he he's capable of handling. Uh, the some of the star power they have with Musa Baro and others. Um, and, I, and I just think other than that, Musa Baro, the team is incredibly average and he's not a coach that can, that can take an average team and make them above average other than that one year that he did it. So I think Bologna are pretty, they're just the definition of a, of a team. That's not like, <laughs> this is what I would say. They're, 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 sh- they're shit, but not, sh- I mean, they're shit, but not shit enough to go down. So they're, they're so, you know what I mean? So they're not bad enough to be relegated, but they're not good enough not, you know, to, to do anything meaningful. So I got them sliding in there at 14. In 13th, I have Cagliari. Um, this team uh, kind of struggled at certain points last season, but I think just with the manager and seeing some of those key issues that took place last season, they'll know how to make those adjustments and maybe fight to continue staying here, obviously, but just maybe through some of those changes. I don't remember where I had Cagliari last season, but I think that they'll either do a little bit better or worse, depending on where I had them. Um, But obviously this is a team, just like I said, that will is a staple in this league, so they're going to do what is needed to continue staying here for many years to come all right i actually have genoa here and i this might this sounds harsh but it's just when when you look at kind of the other teams in this area 
how are they going to break down a sort of those teams are just, and they just lost their best player um, or what arguably their best player. Thank you very much, Genoa, uh, by the way, but you look at this team and I, they should feel prideful about this. And remember you and me basically for the last three years, have been waiting for them to get relegated because they're always down there. And then all of a sudden last season, they got hot second half of the season. They're not down there. So I think, and I understand that Genoa finished higher than 13th last year, but I think if they were to finish here, they would feel prideful about that and happy about it because every year for the last four or five years, they've been trying, they've been a team at the bottom having to survive at the end. And first half of the season, they were in that mentality. Second half of the season, they have to worry about it. So I think over the, all the season, they, they won't have to worry about that um, for, throughout because I don't think they're, they're bad enough to, to be put in that situation. Um, they even could go a little further, maybe a few spots ahead if, if things go well. Um, but I, I think Genoa, as good as they are, I think there's some teams in front of them that just have a little bit of an advantage in, in those areas. In 12th place, I have Fiorentina. Um, I think I had them in a worse position last season. So I think they'll do a little bit better than this. the past few seasons that we've seen them. Obviously, I think there was something going on with their management or their president or something going on. No, their president is just a imbecile. That's basically it. <laughs> but yeah, I think after hearing their president like spewing 55 different thousand lies out of his mouth over the past few seasons, they'll realize we shouldn't be really listening to him and we just got to focus on what we need to do. And if they're able to shake off what he says out of their heads and just focus on what the matches that come, I think they'll do a little bit better because they're not listening to what the media and their president is overhyping them to be. All right. You and me are going to have a really big argument on this one. You're going to lose your shit of how high I have them this year, but I'm going to leave it for, for when that happens. All right. Uh, I have you, um, you, you can say what you want about Rodrigo DePaul. Is he a fantastic player? Yes. Is he, was he really important to you, Dineza? Yes. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm in the minority here. I'm glad he's not in the league anymore. Me and Fernando seem to be the only ones that kind of see through the, the BS a little bit. Uh, they're a good team. They're a really good team with him. When he was playing, he was excellent. We get all that. Um, but he also was incredibly selfish. They put Udinese underachieved every single season because of his selfishness. They also were good every season because of him. So it was, it was a, kind of like on one side, Rodrigo wanted to make it about himself. And on the other side, Udinese wanted to play it as, as a team. So each of them were equally to blame for how they've, they've been the last couple of years. Um, but I think in the big games, he's always faltered. And uh, initially I was interested in maybe Roma getting him, but, but after the way you see him perform against teams that are interested in him, quote unquote. Uh, and so, so I think he's a great player. I think he's going to do great with Madrid, but with this team, I think um, you're going to see a more connected team that plays well together and it will not be about one individual. And they have four or five other really good players. They did lose Juan Luso, their goalkeeper. But I think some of the moves that they're making or continue to make is going to make it sort of uh, 
it's it's not going to be a relaxing season, but I don't think they're going to have to deal with what they usually have to deal with, and they won't have to make it about one individual. It will be about the the connectivity of a of a team, and I think they're they're going to be a little better this season. I'm trying to remember where uh, Musso went. Oh, Mus- oh, Alanta. Uh, okay, thank you. I'm like- and then and then Golini, uh, uh, Alanta's goalkeeper went to went to Tottenham. Okay, that makes sense. Now I'm up to speed. Um, so we're doing 11th. Okay, mm-hmm. in 11th place, I have Sampdoria. Um, I, like I said, there's certain teams that you kind of know where they're going to finish or like the rough estimate where they're going to finish. And usually 11th place is where Sampdoria usually finishes. And, I mean, there's not really much. They have good pieces, but they're just not a team that is going to make a push for anything except maybe like for a few couple weeks in the beginning of the season, but then they start to kind of fizzle out has injuries and certain things come about. So with that, I have them in 11th. All right. Um, I have Calgary in 11th and um, I think they made good business. Um, they're, they got themselves in a position where they're, they're good across the board, essentially. Without DeFrancesco there, you're going to take, see them take more advantage of the attacking options they have. Leonardo Pavoletti. People don't remember how good this guy was. When he was healthy, he was one of the top scorers in the league. We know what Jao Pedro can do as far as, uh, as the attacking with him. He's been a, a top scorer um, the last couple of years. And then I think the biggest thing for them is, is not like – it's almost like a new signing. Ros van Maren's deal confirms uh, has been permanent, but no one else has signed him. And the fact that he's still there for another year gives them a monumental chance, especially when um, with Nandez is out is potentially going to go to Inter. Um, I don't know if that happens, and I don't think if that happens, it changes where I put them. But they have they, they have a good defensively, not great, just not great. Diego Dean and nothing. Uh, so that's the thing I had to worry about. But then you have Cragno and goal and other things of that nature um, and so on and so forth. Um, so uh, I have them in 11. Um, in 10th place, this is a team that usually ends up finishing here in any way. So even though they started well last season, they ended up dropping to, I think, 8th or 10th is none other than Sassuolo. This is a team, like I said, does what is needed, um, could make a put. I think they could make a push for um a Europe, Europe Europa League spot, but based on what we've seen from them in recent past, that they'll probably usually end up finishing around eighth to tenth anyway. Yeah, I think that's a tough ask though because D, uh, D Zerbi is not there. Uh, the new manager is as long as he does what he's supposed to do. Um, I think that's possible. But remember, Locatelli. Juventus is, is an ongoing saga, and that might come off. But no, I agree. I think in generally they, they're in that spot. Um, uh, I have a slight difference here, though. Um, I have Sampdoria in 10th. Um, I think you forgot that uh, uh, Mikhail Damsgaard plays for Sampdoria. <laughs> so I'm a little confused of why you have him in 11, but, uh, or whatever. Uh, fair enough. But I think coming off the Euros that he had, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, I think he's um, – just give me a second. I'm just I'm just gonna walk downstairs, but I'm gonna continue to talk. Um, but you know, you you see what has happened with you know the entire 
situation. Um, the, the only difference I see here really is Claudio Ranieri's not there anymore. And that's a big question mark for me, especially with, you know, a lot of the stuff and the managers coming in was with Parma. Uh, not all of last season, but part of last season. And he won one game and 17 losses and four draws. So it's not great, but I think the team is a little too talented not to at least finish in this, um, uh, in this general area. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens, but I have them in 10. Obviously, we know that's going to happen. So uh, in hang on, ninth, yep. In ninth, I actually have Palos Verona, ironically. Um, yes, they lost a lot of their key, some of their key components, but this team still has what it has a lot of their key pieces still together. And if they're able to make some signings before the transfer window ends, there should be no reason they can't continue that momentum. Yes, I know it's a stretch, but I mean, there are teams that even though they lose their key players, if they're able to replace that player in some way, shape, or form, and continue with the key components that they do have, they can continue performing at the level we're expecting them to play at. A stretch is an understatement. When DeFrancesca was with an equally talented team, they didn't win a game for two months. All right, fair enough. I, I think you're crazy for this one, but, but um, all right, fair enough. Um, they, they, I'll give you this. They do have a good team, a talented team. The, 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 I mean, like I said, when I, when I talked about them, Point blank, I just don't trust DeFrancesco with talented players because every time he's had them, he's not done well, um, other than that one night in, in against Barcelona. So, uh, Good right. times. Um, so I'm at nine, right? That is correct. All right. Um, at nine, I have Sassuolo. Um, the big thing for me with them is, is Locatelli may be gone, but it doesn't look like talks are accelerating. So that means there's an opportunity for him to at least – I would say that he's a Juventus player by January. I don't think it happens by um, by August or whatever before the season starts. So I think he will be playing for Tostuolo at the start of the season. Uh, you still have a lot of good players there. Raspadori didn't play much of the Euros, but but is a young, talented player that they have there. You have Caputo there. Berardi's still there. A lot of the pieces are still there. The, the reason I have them lower than I would have is because – Deserve is not there, and it's hard for me to trust someone that I haven't seen. Um, so you look at all of this situation, and you look at what they're what they've been able to do the last couple of years. It's been tremendous, but without Deserve there, I just don't think it's going to click the same. So for that reason, I have them in ninth instead of seventh or whatever. In eighth, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna embarrass myself, but uh, in eighth, I have Genoa. Um, while they lost their best player, they still have their key collective in that team. So if they really focus and put their heads to it, they could possibly finish higher up at the table, but who knows? Yeah, I actually don't mind that. I think that's – it, I would say it's a stretch, but it's not a huge stretch So because I can see the argument there. There's a lot of good teams in this area, but, but at this portion of the table, they could be one of the teams that – uh, you know, pushes forward. And, I, you know, I think that'd be really cool for them to, to see that. All right, here we go. In eighth, I got Fiorentina. All right, so before you jump on me, let me let me explain myself. 
We have said for the last three years, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the Rocco Camiso talking a bunch of stuff about how his team's going to be make the Champions League, and they just embarrass themselves. They one week they look like Barnsley, and the other week they look like Barcelona. It's just a, it's just an inconsistency uh, fountain, basically. Um, with this though, um, I think this season their team is good enough to <laughs> to, to to do to be able to perform better than the guy's mouth moves. Um, so you look at this, Gattuso came in, he said, no, thank you. He left after agreeing to be manager. Then you come in and you see uh, uh, Vincenzo Italiano, who was the coach of Spezia, really performed well late in the season um, to, to help his team survive. Uh, then he goes to a Fiorentina team. They got Vladovic there. He's, he's, he had 20 goals last season. He's going to be ready to score some more. You have Castrovilli in that midfield, who's a dynamo when he's on form. You have good uh, players in the in the defense. I know you've been wanting Milinkovic for, what, three years now? <laughs> he's still there. Um, Dragonowski, a really good goalkeeper. Um, but the, the thing here is is the, the issue I had with Fiorentina is lack of investments and lack of silly investments. Either, they either invest or they, do, or they don't invest or they do something ridiculous. Um, they spent $25 million to Stuttgart for uh, uh, Nicolas Gonzalez. And this is a guy who can play with Vladovic and into that sort of phase. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a possibility for them to push. And I think this is – I haven't believed in them for years. And I, I was not seduced into it like everybody else. But this team, if you look at it from back to front, I think there's a real shot Fiorentina can do something. It would take a lot for them to finish higher than this. But I think at minimum they finish in the top 10 because Vladovic is going to continue to score and they have other pieces there and they have a good coach. And as idiotic as the, man, the, the, the president is, I think they're good enough to, to perform better than his mouse moves. So if, if I could give any advice to Rocco Camiso, shut your fucking trap and just let your team perform because this is actually a very good team and it has been. But I think this is the first year I'm going to buy into the hype. I might be doing, I might be going a stretch far, but I do think this is a this is not going to be what we've seen from Fiorentina in the past. I could be wrong, but based on the squad that's been placed, I think there's a good shot that Fiorentina can do something. Not they're not making Europe. I don't think they even have a chance to make Europe, but they have a chance to to ask the question next season: Is this the year they could crack into the Europe uh, European League or the Europa League or the Champions League? I, not Champions League, but I think if they have a good season this season, we're gonna, we can start to take them a little bit more seriously. Oh yeah, definitely. That actually does make sense. But I, for me, well, the thing is, like you said, the um pr- the person who runs their mouth like it's like going out of style, pretty much puts into their mentality that oh, we got to. Pre- Form at a certain level, and then when they don't perform to that certain level, they end up becoming a joke. So for me, I think until this team really stops listening to what he's saying, there's no way they're going to be able to make a push because they're just going to constantly let that stuff sink into their head time and time again. Uh, but if they shake it off, they could have a shot, but based on what we've seen 
for years, that probably won't be the case. All right, fair enough. You got next. So in seventh place, I got Lazio. Um, this is a team that has done well with uh, Simeone and Zaghi, but now, as everybody knows, Simeone and Zaghi is now with Inter. And who's the manager of Lazio now again? Maurizio Sarri. Yeah, with Sarri, I, he's a good manager, but with just having going through managers like now changing of a new getting a new manager possibly dealing with players leaving i think it's just going to be a little bit more difficult for them to like get into europe but they'll still be they're still a team that will push for one of those positions and it will probably be a tight one because lazio are no aren't a pushover, and they can do what is needed to get into a, the European competitions. But I think just with having a new manager and really needing to get used to possibly a new like tactic style, it's just going to be difficult for them. Yeah, it's fair. I think sorry is the best they could have got, and I think they should be happy about it. But there's certainly reservations that actually, you know. I actually, I actually went in a different direction. I actually have Napoli in seventh. Um, your your old friend, Luciano Spalletti. I think the thing with them is the midfield is just so unconvincing to me that I think that's what's going to kill them. Unless Fabian Ruiz rewinds the clock and plays the way he did three years ago, uh, I just don't see it. And then you look at the de- defensively, they're good. Their goalkeepers are okay, but they're not amazing. You know what I mean? So you look at and then you def- defensively, Koulibaly's a beast. Is, is he what is he what he once was? No. And the thing I have, def- and I don't think I have huge uh, issues defensively, but the one thing I kind of concerned with is who is who's who's lining up next to Koulibaly. And if you don't have a good enough partner for him, then it's just not going to work. And I, I like what they have on the wing uh, outside with with uh, um, Di Lorenzo. I think they got good pieces there um, and so on and so forth. Uh, what I do like from this team, though, um, is the attack. Um, if you know anything about Luca Giannis Spalletti, his team score goals. It's just what he does. It's what he's designed to do. Um, even when he doesn't win t- uh, trophies or whatever, his, his team always score. You should, you know that with Inter and and all the stuff that went on. Even when when Acardi stopped playing, you still continue to score. Um, I know that because of Roma's record-breaking season and having seen him win a couple trophies with Roma. So he his teams always score goals, and the the the, the types of players that they have in this team are ridiculous. With Lorenzo Insigne, Chucky Lozano, you have Politano, you have Osman. If he's healthy, he needs to prove he can play. Because there's there's a huge myth that the reason he didn't that he didn't do well last year was because of injuries. When he played, he was not fantastic. He had brilliant flashes occasionally. But if 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 but I think that he's going to get into them and and t- collectively as an attacking unit, they're going to be amazing. But I, there's just other parts I'm too concerned with right now, and I, I just have a little bit more faith with some of the other teams in this area. So I'm going Napoli seventh. In sixth place, I actually have Napoli. You pretty much hit a lot of some of what I was going to go say on the head, but this team has had, if they're able to 
find that person to pair up with Koulibaly and stuff. And if the midfield can somehow be consistent throughout the season and the defense keeps up what they're good at, they I think they have finished in a Europa League spot at least. Yeah, no, this, yeah. Just so you know, all the spots right now are all Europe spots, so even seventh, so is there. Um, see, I, I did the exact opposite. Again, I have no pleasure in saying this, and I'm gonna, this is not the first time I'm going to say this, but for Lazio, I have them in, in, um, in sixth because this, this is why. We, we busted on Chiro Mobley for not scoring for so many games or whatever in minutes, and we get it. He didn't have a great season last season. Uh, he had the, the fear of God when Leroy Sané dribbled through the entire Lazio team um, and then didn't score again for months. Um, but the thing with Chiro Mobley is every other year he has a monster season. He had a year – a few years ago, he had a 40-goal season, 17-goal season. And then he had that 36-goal season or whatever, and then he had another average season. But I think Immobile potentially is going to have a monster season. Um, the thing, the reason I don't think they can go further is because I don't know if Carrera is going to be there. If he gets sold, it's going to be more complicated. Even if he does get sold, I think they still finish in front of Napoli. They're better defensively. They have a better goalkeeper. Actually, no, that's probably pretty even. But I think – and the, the midfield is what kills it for me for Napoli between the two. Malinkovic-Savage and Luis Alberto – it's hard to beat that. They haven't really added anything I liked. Um, but it, as long as Immobile is still there and that midfield is still intact, I think they're just a little better than Napoli. But it, it's not by a large margin. These, these could flip either way, but that's just where my mindset is anyway. Um, in fifth place, I have Atalanta. They'll still push for Champions League, but I think based on with um, – Papu Gomez now being gone, and Zapata pretty much be one of the main consistent players on that team who's a really solid uh, forward. Um, I just don't think they'll have repeat as much of the success that they have had recently, but they'll still make a push for a spot in the Europa League or the Champions League, but I just think their time is running out, basically. Got it. I have a huge smile on my face because I just realized that Roma's in your Champions League, which makes you really happy. Unfortunately, they're not in mine. Um, I get what you're saying with Alonso, but I'm gonna, I'll break that down when I get to them on my table. Um, the thing is, you, you want to feel excited about Mourinho and, and with, with, with uh, Roma. I think there's, there's a lot to be excited about, winning mentality, all this stuff. And, and to be honest, I think Roma can make the Champions League. But it's, it's going to be difficult because of how good all these teams are. It's not like a few years ago where the, you know, the fifth or sixth place team isn't very good. I mean, for pretty much from eight to one, they're all fucking really, really good. And it's hard to rank these things. Um, so you have to look at this. And I think that um, defensively, I think as long as Roma stay healthy, they'll be all right. Midfield uh, is I think is going to be good. It's going to be a good a, a bargaining chip for them as well with uh, with Jordan and then you have Pellegrini there, Zaniolo coming back, and then you have Vicatarian trying to build on momentum. Jacko's still there. Now we have we have Jacko. We have we have Moriel, who's really good. And then you have obviously the the guy from Genoa. I'm not saying his name because I haven't learned how to pronounce it yet. But the Ubekistan. Uh, forward from general that we got uh, yesterday. So I think there's a lot to like here. 
But I think it's going to be really difficult to go from seventh to fourth just like that. Um, I think this is going to be a much better team, and I think they're better than Lazio by a little bit. But I, I just don't see Roma breaking into that quite yet. But honestly, I could see them doing it as well. But I just, I just think it's going to be a slight process before you get to that point. And uh, so that's why I'm Roma in fifth, as much as I would like to put them higher. And I think that's, that's plausible. But uh, I, I just don't have a lot of convictions about it because there's, there's, there's lots of good, good teams in this league. And so I got Roma in uh, fifth. In fourth, I actually have Roma. Um, I think finally with a manager who has had success in other leagues, he uh, Jose Marino will definitely bring that uh, it factor, if you will. Um, he'll he'll finally be able to work with this team and really take some of the even some of your players that may not have been performing to the level you need them to be. He, he could work with them. He's a manager who is known to work with players like that and really bring out the best in them. And so I think with having a manager such as Jose Marino really working with this team, I think even though I think it'll be close, it, I still think you will have what it takes to make it into the Champions League this season. But it, uh, if anything, you end up in that fifth position. But I, I am actually hoping that you make it back into the Champions League because I would love to see you there. Yeah, I would love to play against you as well. I'm not going to be awesome. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's get the banter started off early, shall we? <laughs> I got you. Uh, no, I, I agree. I, and like I said, there's reasons for me to believe that they can do it. But it's it's just – it's the jump from seven to fourth with not that many additions that is just it, – it kind of – again, I've, I've picked Roma to make the Champions League in years. I had no business to do it. So I had to be a little bit more biased this year as far as – but again, if they finish fifth, that's still a great season. They were awful last season, especially second half. So if they make if – they, if they end up going to fifth and winning the – conference uh mickey mouse cup um then you know that'd be great but but i think it's you got it's a process so even if they do finish with it's not a bad season and they'll continue to build on that for the next season um so i get that um the thing is so i got ac milan in fourth um and i'm actually somewhat i somewhat believe that um that roma will finish ahead of them because their striking options is just I just don't love it because you have Zlatan, who's 41 years old. He'll get you 10 goals, but he's 41 years old. Then you have Olivier Giroud, who's in his 30, his mid-30s at this point. Um, and then you have Rafael Leal, who's incredibly inconsistent. And you don't have a lot of other options. I guess Antoine Rebic is kind of a striker, but, but the attacking options aren't great. You took the Turkish genius from them. Um, PSG took their goalkeeper. So there's a lot of this, but the thing is, the, the way I see this is the midfield with Frank Cassie and um, Ishmael uh, Benesser, I think those two together are just unbelievably great. So because of that partnership, I think it gives them just a little bit of an edge. And uh, Stefan Pioli has been there with that team uh, for, for at least two years now. So I think the, the connectivity will be a little bit more on point than it will with Roma. But I think Roma on paper and in reality probably could deplace them. But I think it's really close, and I'm not ready to make that jump yet. So I think AC Milan go to Champions League this season, 
and they'll hold on for dear life for that fourth spot. But I really think it's a coin flip between them and Roma. Um, so I got Milan, your, your best friends in fourth. In third place, I have Juventus. Um, this team still has, I don't think they made really any big signings this transfer window. So they'll be pretty much be going into this season with the team that they did last year. Um, unless they're, they make like that major, like it signing, I don't know who that would be, but if, unless they make some major signing that would send them over the top, I still think they'll struggle and they'll end up finishing in third, like they did last year. Um, didn't they finish second last year? Wait a minute. I think they did. No, it's all good. It's all good. It doesn't matter. I mean, they didn't get the trophy, so who cares? <laughs> um, th- yeah, um, that, that signing would probably be Locatelli. But like I said, I think that's probably a January move. Um, but the problem, I'm, I'm not going to rip on Juventus yet because then I'm not there yet. Um, in third, I have Atlanta. And I know there's, there's a lot of logic to say why they would not finish in that area, et cetera, et cetera. They're losing their best defender. So now defense, defending is no longer a strength anymore. But they did get the goalkeeper from Udinese, Juan Musso, which I think doesn't cancel it out, but it makes it um, – they, they got a little bit more protection in goal. Um, but the reason I have Atlanta making the Champions League this year and the reason I have them making the Champions League every year pretty much for the last couple of years is because of the two, the, the, the Duvan Zabata – and Luis Muriel. When Duvon Zabata was 100% healthy with no injury problems whatsoever, he was the best player in the league. And he's been capable of that. We've seen it from him. He's one of the best players in this whole league, even when he's, he's not 100%. Um, and you see the impact that he can make with his big body, really physical and all that stuff. And then Luis Muriel, a spark plug that can score a bunch of goals. And you still have Joseph Ilicic, was dealing with some mental health issues last year. He seems to be raring to go this season. So I think attacking-wise, they're, they're good in a solid midfield. And Gasparini is going to be – he is a genius and an idiot at the same time. He's a genius because of, of some of the stuff he can, he can break down and see how the players can get to another level. But he's also an idiot because he does something – he does idiotic things that make no sense. So it's a little bit of a risk here, but – I think that Alanta are, are still good enough to make the, the, the Champions League, and I think they will. In second place, I have Inter. Um, now, this is – I don't want to get re- read to Phil, so these are just predictions, but with Simeone and Zaghi coming into the fold, this team, even though he does play the 3-5-2 formation that Antonio Conte – introduced into the club when he took over two seasons ago. This is a whole new manager, so they're going to have to get used to what his likes and dislikes are, and they're going to have to get used to a whole new regiment again. Um, For me, when you constantly replace managers, it loses like consistency, and it could cause issues going forward, because you need that key rock to hold everything together. Um, but I just think with the new manager and right now, currently, the, uh, Chelsea are, um, with Hakimi gone and bringing this guy from AC Milan, I can't pronounce his name correctly. You can just call him Hakan because his name is Hakan Chanalu, but you can just call him Hakan. Ha- well, we just brought in Hakan. 
So, I mean, I still think we're going to be fighting to the nail for our time. We'll be pushing for our second Scudetto in a row, but it will be a close one. But I just don't think with just, like, possible miscommunication errors with the manager throughout the season and just possibly um, – like, there's just not going to be that energy, I don't think, especially since Antonio Conte really brought that passion to the team. All right, fair enough. Um, and second, I have Juventus. Um, again, I understand the negative. Allegri has not watched the sport in two years. He, as, as my, my pal at, uh, at the Couch of Tears, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he, is, he hates him so much. Like, if, if this dude, if, if Allegri gets his house robbed or something horrible happens, the cops are going to look for, for my boy. But um, I'll say this. I think the, the, the Juventus manager move was horrible. I think this was idiotic. Um, but the team is still fucking really good. And if they had a better manager and they got Locatelli, I, I, I actually seriously considered them winning the title. Um, but I, I, just, I just think at this point the, that Inter and some, some – I think Inter is just better – and that's what it comes down to. Ronaldo's going to score a load of goals. He's not going to be as good as he was last year. He's going to decline a little, but he's still going to get those opportunities. Dybala, I think, after sort of what happened to him with COVID and stuff, I think he's going to come back and unlock and just become an absolute monster. So you have that going for you. And then Federico Chiesa. After the Euros, after everything, I just think he's going to absolutely explode this season and and so on and so forth. And I think he's just really going to be special. Um so as far as, as that, I think Juventus have it you d- good defensively. And if they get Locatelli, it's going to be a much bigger monster. But I, ju- I just think they're, they don't quite have enough to really uh, to get, that, get their hands on the Skidetto. So uh, in second, I have the mighty Juventus. And in first place, I have Milan. Um, the reason is, is this team, uh, despite – losing a couple pieces here and there is pretty much the team that we saw last season. And with Pioli, he has been a a manager who has been with them for quite a while. And just because of the consistency being there between having a good um, communication between him and his players and being able to work with them throughout the season I think just the consistency and the um, cohesiveness will be there, where has Inter, it might be a, a problem. So with that, I have my rivals as much as it pains me to say it in first. Could you imagine that coming down to the last day of the season and Milan winning? Oh, my God. It would just be – the internet would melt. Um, I would cry. Unfortunately. But- I mean, fortunately for you, unfortunately for me, I think you're incorrect. I think Inter Milan are going to win it again. And I'm, I'm, let me preface this by saying this. I do think they'll win it again. I am, I would go as far as to say I'm 85% sure they will. Um, but I think the chances of them winning after this year is, is minimal. I think all these other teams are going to get really good. And by that time, Inter Milan will, will have a real problem on their hands. But this season – Look, the thing is, for me, as long as you have Lotaro and, and Lukaku, what are you going to do? I mean, th- that is just it's, – it's such an incredible duo. 
Then defensively, I mean, imagine, I mean, you don't have to imagine, but just for the listeners, imagine having center, imagine these being your options center back wise, Bastoni, Milan Skriniar, and Stefan de Vrij. And then you have depth pieces with like Darmian and a few of the other guys. And then you look at the midfield, you have the, the biggest hothead in the world who needs to just cool it, but phenomenal player, Nicola Varela. You have, you have Bros. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the way you worded that was funny. So, it is, but it's true though. It's true. I trust Nicola Barella to, to to if I robbed a bank, I I would feel like he would he would be he he there he would just not be able to keep his mouth shut because every time there's a foul, Nicola Barella acts like he was just. Was was taken out by the arrow, and that the referee didn't see it. And he's always, you know, he's a great player. I think we all understand this, but he has a short fuse. He doesn't know how to relax and cool it. Um, and I, I will say this: he will get sent off this season. There's no question in my mind. He will get a red card this season. Um, I think but, he gets two red cards. <laughs> he might lead the league in yellow cards. To be honest, uh, he'll be. <laughs> you got Brozovic there still, at least for the time being. Um, and I don't know if it's not done, but I think you're getting Nandez. And if you have Nandez, Brozovic, and Barella in a midfield, it's difficult. Then you have Hakan Chanalahu, who's when he's hot, he's, I mean, there's nothing you can do about this guy. He's just, he, he can do some really incredible things. He's a free kick specialist. He can do so many different things. Um, we don't know what's happening with Erickson, but if there's even a slight possibility that he makes an appearance this season or something, I think it's going to drive uh, Inter to win even more. And he, uh, Nzaki is not a great coach. Uh, he, I mean, he, he's, he's a very good coach, but it's, it's, the, it's the biggest downgrade ever. But he got a Mobile scoring like a crazy person. And even though they only made the Champions League one time while they were in charge, uh, a Mobile, Alberto, and Savage became monsters under him. So imagine what he can do now to Lukaku, who's, who's with all due respect to Immobile, is, is miles ahead of him, who's a, who's a scoring machine. With Lotaro, I think the three-five-two will work in this system. Um, and, but I do have some concerns, but I really think that Inter has still the best squad for one more season. And then a lot of the squad's going to get old, and then uh, the teams around them are going to get better, and it's, it's going to be almost impossible for them to win three. But unfortunately for me um, and the Inter fans who think they're now the greatest team in the world, um, I think they're going to win again. That being said, we look forward to getting the season started, and we'll see you guys come the football season. Bye, guys. See you.